Oh, the developments in the Jesse Smollett case continue to mount. Uh, we will get there, as well as the latest on David Ralston and where members of the legislature stand on him. Real quiet coming from the Democrats. Really quiet coming from the Democrats in Georgia. Won't even call for him to resign. And the Georgia Democrats are going full anti-gun. Uh, we'll give you all of that. But there's a really big story out of the Georgia Supreme Court we need to explore first. They have struck down the state's DUI law as unconstitutional. A part of it uh, is struck down, not the whole law. Uh, there is part of the DUI law in Georgia for driving under the influence where if someone is pulled over and the law enforcement official determines that they need a field sobriety test uh, if they refuse to take a, a breath test there at the scene their refusal can be used against them in court well this case a lady in athens georgia uh, has has fought this case the case is uh, elliot versus the state the case came out today. Uh, Justice Peterson delivered a unanimous opinion from the Georgia Supreme Court, no less. Uh, so Andrea Elliott was driving under the influence of alcohol, or at least was being prosecuted for driving under the influence of alcohol in Clark County, Georgia. They pulled, I, I'm reading now from the facts of the case here, uh, the state pulled over Andrea Elliot in August of 2015, she had committed several traffic violations, including the failure to maintain her lane. During the stop, Elliot admitted to consuming alcohol earlier that day. After smelling the odor of alcohol and observing several signs of impairment, including several clues during a field sobriety test, the officer arrested Elliot for DUI and other traffic offenses, read her the statutorily mandated implied consent notice. And Elliot replied she was overwhelmed, unsure of what was happening as the offer explained why he stopped her, why he asked her to perform field sobriety tests, and why he read her the implied consent. Following her arrest, that a refusal to submit to a state-administered breath test could result in certain consequences, including that her refusal to submit to a state-administered breath test might be offered into evidence against her at trial. She refused to submit to the breath test, and was taken to jail, and then filed a motion to suppress. And lower court said a, a refusal to take a test can be used against her. In fact, federal law, under the federal constitution, you have a right to avoid self-incrimination, but federal law says that doesn't mean that your refusal to comply with police orders can't be used against you. It just involves testimony. Well, the Georgia Supreme Court says that the Georgia Constitution goes further than the federal Constitution and, in fact, has gone further than the federal requirements since the foundation of Georgia itself. Even going back to our 1877 Constitution, where this provision was first put in, but prior to that in case law, uh, you don't have the right to or you don't have to perform something ordered by the state. And the state can't then say that your refusal to do so was proof of your guilt. So in this case, the state told her to take the breath test. She refused, and the state used her refusal as evidence against her. Under federal law, that's okay. The state can use your refusal to do something as evidence against you. Under state law, under the state constitution, the, the unanimous Supreme Court of Georgia says, you know what, that's unconstitutional. Under the Georgia constitution, there is a provision that says you cannot be compelled to provide testimony against yourself, and under the historic usage of the word testimony, going back to the revolution, it meant acts that no one could testify that your refusal to do something was enough to convict you. So in this case, they said, you know what, you, you your refusal to take a uh, breath test can't be used against you in a court of law. The state was very vehement. The, the state urged the Georgia, Georgia Supreme Court to overthrow or overturn prior precedent on this issue, and the court not only said no way, but doubled down on it. So it's a unanimous decision by the court. They've got a lot of case law in there. I read through the decision earlier today. Uh, going back to before we had the, the really oldest constitutions of the state, how did courts apply this? And they say there's, there's really clear historic precedent in Georgia that your refusal to comply with 
with a court order or not a court order, a, a police order can't be used against you as evidence that you're guilty of something. And now they're saying this applies to breath tests as well. So big shakeup in DUI law in Georgia. The state legislature is going to have to look at this and see if they need to modify the law given this situation. Again, your refusal as of today, your refusal to take a breath test uh, when you're pulled over for DUI cannot, your refusal to take the test cannot be used against you in a court of law. Uh, in Georgia, at least. In other states, possible, but not here in Georgia. It's big news. Now, the phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. We need to get into the Jesse Smollett case. I've been saying Smollett or uh, Smollett. It's Smollett, I'm told. Jesse Smollett, the actor from Empire who was willing to... This is the, the worst part about the story, I've decided. he, The police told him that they found the culprits... And Smollett was willing to identify the bad guys until it was the two guys who actually did it, and then he didn't want to cooperate. In other words, he was willing to blame two people for the attack on him. He just wasn't willing to blame the two guys who actually did it. Horrific. We'll get into this, and the media reaction is really telling on this. You know, I pay attention to reliable sources on CNN. And Brian Stetler is the host now of Reliable Sources. He's essentially the media watchdog guy at CNN. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm really perturbed with him. And the way he and others in the media are circling the wagons around people in the media over this. For example, the ABC interview, uh, the Robin Roberts interview with Smollett is being downplayed by people in the media as, oh, well, that was just a celebrity interview. It wasn't a newsy interview. It was a celebrity interview. They're dismissing the whole idea there of this situation um, with a Robin Roberts and her interview with him. I, I just I want to circle back to that interview real quick. He opened up about what he's learned and the bigger message he wants the world to hear. What do you feel people need to hear the most from this story? That's the first time he's given a detailed account, an account that Chicago police have said has been consistent. He hasn't changed his story. They also said it's credible. Police have said that, and also that he has been very cooperative. It's been two weeks since that night left actor Jesse Smollett bruised but not broken, and he's still processing the raw emotions. Have you ever been threatened before? Yeah. I get threatened all the time. And he, I asked him about if there were other possible threats that, he had, threats that he had received, and he did talk about the letter that was sent to the Fox studio where Empire is sent. Police have confirmed that letter. And despite lack of video surveillance footage, Smollett hopes to rewrite the narrative about that night, saying he fought back against his attackers and reported the incident after his creative director called 911. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. There's many reasons why Jesse wanted to sit down and do this. First was to say thank you to his many supporters, to answer the questions, uh, the, the critics, but also um, the, the times that he became emotional is when he was talking about gay youth and the LGBTQ community. What do you say to a young gay man, a young gay person? To learn to fight. Earlier this week, he submitted phone records from within an hour of the incident. But Chicago police said they were limited and heavily redacted, adding they need additional information to corroborate the investigative timeline. His attorneys tell us they are willing to cooperate. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume. I mean, I come really, really hard against... 45. And as I said earlier, the police have said he's been consistent, that he has been credible, that he has been cooperative. And the if the attackers are never found, how will you be able to heal? <laughs> well, now we know. This was Robin Roberts. This was ABC News that did that. This was ABC News. And, and now I want to play you Brian, Brian Stutler. He is the media watchdog guy at CNN and how he's responding on this situation. I think in retrospect, that Good Morning America interview, which allowed him to tell his side of the story, that just made things worse for him. And perhaps the questioning was not tough enough on Good Morning America. But ultimately, this is not about the media or about politicians or activists 
or any of the people that might have been fooled. It's about Jesse, and I agree with what everyone else has said. This is about why he might, and so far we don't know, but why he might have made this up. Uh, it just boggles the mind, Donna. Cece, they did nothing wrong. Maybe ABC should have asked tougher questions, but the media is, is no fault here. It's, it's all about Jesse Smollett. It's all about him. Uh, no, it's not actually. It, it actually is about the media because the media amplified the story. And for all the people out there who are saying, no, 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 the, the media didn't. In fact, Settler is out there today saying, you know, the media is not this homogenous single entity. It's, it's, it's thousands of media outlets globally. Yeah, okay. That's a totally fair point. But people from Reuters, people from NBC News, people from ABC News, people from CBS News, people from CNN, people from MSNBC, people from the Daily Beast, people from the Washington Post, people from the New York Times, people from Reuters, people from the Associated Press, all of the major media outlets who helped set the tone and coverage of the smaller outlets, they were all totally invested in the story. We see this time and time again. We saw it with the Covenant Catholic School. We saw it with the Duke lacrosse rape case. We saw it with the Rolling Stone article uh, uh, about the University of Virginia situation. All of these were stories where left-leaning reporters bought hook, line, and sinker a scam because it comported to their worldview. And their response after each of these situations was, it's not our fault. We we're just we we're just covering the story, bro. No, actually... You didn't just cover the story, you amplified the story, and that's why the media has to be held accountable in these situations. Just a quick time out to tell you about this week's sponsor, and it is my favorite toothbrush, Quip. And I don't just say that because they're the sponsor of this program. I've actually used Quip for two years or longer now. In fact, I'm getting my, um, so I'm having to do the Invisalign, the braces thing, and I really don't like it. But every time I go, my doctor asks if I'm using uh, teeth whitener, bleach on my teeth. And no, I got sensitive gums. I can't do it. Um, but the reason he keeps asking me is because of the progress from the Quip Electric Toothbrush. Uh, the lack of tartar and plaque buildup has been amazing. I can get to the very back of my mouth because it's so well designed. I really do like this toothbrush. My wife uses one now as well, and I highly recommend them. And the Quip starts at just $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Go right now, and you're going to get your first refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. A refill pack? Yeah. You get your brush heads every three months for just 5 bucks. You get a new brush head. And that's your first refill pack for free if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, getquip.com slash Eric. Want to go to the phones 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Let's go to Mike calling from Dunwoody. Welcome. Hey Eric, how you doing? Great. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I've been an attorney for 26 years. The first five I prosecuted DUI cases. In the last 21 years, I've been a DUI defense attorney. This is a very important decision. I just want to make two quick comments. Um, first, the important distinction is between breath and blood and what our state constitution, what you mentioned, Eric, was it protects acts, not just statements. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about the difference between a blood test and a breath test, a blood test you submit to and, and the blood is drawn. A breath test requires one of our citizens to perform an affirmative act to provide that evidence. So that's the important distinction. And I think the consequence is going to be going forward the police are now going to start requesting blood tests until the legislature sorts this out. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that does. Yeah. The other just quick comment I wanted to make, if you've read the opinion, it's a long opinion. I think it it's is. 90 pages. It mentions in one of the concurring opinions that the at least the one of the Supreme Court justices who wrote the opinion, I think his name was Boggs, mentioned that he believed that this would not prevent the state from suspending a person's driver's license if they refused a breath test. So they made a distinction between the, the consequences that occur in the criminal case, but you probably also know this. When you get charged with DUI, not only do you have to fight the DUI charge, but you have to defend against the state wanting to suspend your driver's right. license. So yeah. the important distinction there was criminal. The driver's license suspension is considered a civil penalty. And so uh, at least in reading that part of the opinion, that's also going to have to be litigated whether this is going to apply to the state's ability to suspend a driver's license for a person who refuses a breath test. 
you know, it's a very I, important case. I, I, I got to tell you, I was actually surprised when I started reading it. I, this this was all I did this afternoon. I wasn't expecting it to be this long. I start, I was reading it on the computer screen. It just it kept going and going and going yeah, and going. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably one of the longest opinions that I've read. But uh, I, I'm very proud of our Supreme Court in, in the DUI defense arena. I mean, it's just, you know, people say to me all the time, how do you defend those folks? And, and the answer is we have constitutional rights. We don't live in a police state. And, you know, it's not that the police have done anything wrong here, but it violates our state constitution to comment upon the exercise of a constitutional right. The police can't comment, for example, in court if someone exercises the right to remain silent. It's not like a prosecutor can come to court and say, aha, and he didn't make any statements when the police interviewed him. This opinion just takes that that principle and applies it to acts, applies it to uh, the submission, or not really the submission, but the affirmative act that is required to provide a breath sample. Well, so Mike, i got to leave you there. Thanks very much for the phone call. I sure appreciate it. Very informative. Uh, really a long, lengthy case, but a good case. Unanimous case from the Supreme Court. When we come back, more on the Smollett situation. The whole Smollett, Smollett, whatever you want to call him, situation, the whole thing stinks. Uh, it was obvious to anyone with half a brain that this guy had more than likely made up his story. And all you need to know is that he's claiming it was 2 a.m., 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, in Chicago, Illinois, it was negative 50 degrees and some dudes wearing MAGA caps, make America ready again, red caps were outside, recognized him and attacked him. That, that in and of itself made no sense. And, you know, I do have to say, yeah, I saw several reporters at CNN today noting that, uh, the network there told them to tread cautiously but I also find it very illuminating the network had to tell their reporters to tread cautiously. I mean, just l- listen to this bit from CNN. Call us at 1-800-213-8000. no idea what that is. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Audio editing fail there. <laughs> I don't know. Nonetheless, it was supposed to be the, the CNN reporter saying that uh, they were the network told them to go cautiously and that they were kind of gobsmacked at some reporters falling for it. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of reporters did fall for it. And now the damage control from reporters is that, oh, no, 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 no. It, 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 it was it was some celebrities. You're, you're getting celebrities and reporters confused. Uh, this, this is Liz Plank. She's from Vox. Now, Vox is the website where the news has to be explained to progressives. It's a left of center site, very, very partisan and pretends not to be. General Electric is a core sponsor of this left-wing website, and just listen to her. Immediately there were political stakes to this story. Uh, Liz, do you think that that distorted it? Right, I mean, the the MAGA uh, quote, I remember reading about this story and looking for a real uh, reputable media outlet reporting on that, and I could not find one, right? The people who were rep- repeating that quote were not news outlets, were not media outlets. It was repeated by, sure, people who maybe had good intentions of wanting to spread the story and had empathy for what they thought was, you know, a real story. But we can't confuse celebrity tweets <laughs> with the media and the press. And, you know... So you're saying actors and activists yes. who were rushing to his side yes. because they're friends with him and they support yeah. him and they're concerned about a possible hate of crime course, he's in the are hospital, not the same right? as Chicago yeah. reporters who are trying to find out what happened. Exactly, and and it is different. And look, we don't know what happened to Jesse, but what we do know is that uh, racism is alive and well in this country. Homophobia is alive and well in this country. Yeah, you see, it's it's the moral cause here now. Forget, forget, forget that he made it all up. That doesn't matter, you see. Don't conflate reporters with celebrities, you see. But racism and homophobia, they're real in this country. And because they're real in this country, it's not the truth that matters. 
It's the embodiment of the truth that matters. It, it's the hate that matters. It, it's the allegation that matters because this is so bad and this is so real. This is so terrible. Uh, you know, so there is a great piece at Mediaite today. My friend Caleb Howe actually put this piece together. And it goes through in response to the statement from... Um, from Liz Plank on reliable sources. And it points out how many reporters actually seized on this. How many reporters pounced, so to speak. You know, for example, so Dave Weigel at the Washington Post is pushing this out. Twitter often blurs the media into a blob of celebrities, pundits, and randos, and it does a disservice to reporters who covered the story the right way. He's responding to Wesley Lowry at... Uh, Washington Post, that it remains unclear what happened. Journalists relayed Smollett's claim and initial police statements seemingly backed it up. Journalists aren't the villain here, he says. He's responding to Megyn Kelly. Except uh, here's a staff writer at the Wash at the New York Post. Empire star Jesse Smollett beaten in homophobic attack by Trump supporters. I also hate when cops investigate this kind of blatant stuff as a possible hate crime. It's an obvious hate crime. Jason Lemon from Newsweek. Empire star, victim of homophobic attack by Trump supporters. Kevin Fallon, senior reporter at the Daily Beast. People in MAGA hat recognized and beat and poured bleach on Jesse Smollett, calling him certain words. Anyone who thinks supporting you-know-who isn't tantamount to providing artillery for weaponized bigotry needs to take a hard look in the mirror. Update after learning more. They wore ski masks. So as to cowardly not being recognized that they shouted, this is MAGA country and towed a rope, tied a rope around his neck like a noose. Philadelphia Magazine reporter Trump MAGA supporters came after black gay man with noose in Chicago yelled, this is MAGA country. That's how far we haven't come in 2019. And it goes on and on and on. You got a contributor for Forbes and Slate. You got Slate Magazine. You've got an editor at the Los Angeles Times. You've got an Engadget writer. You got a BuzzFeed writer. You got a Reuters reporter, a Washington Post and Teen Vogue reporter, a Cosmopolitan Magazine contributor, a senior writer at Rolling Stone, an NBC News producer, an AP producer, a film critic at The Village Voice, a Huffington Post writer, an editor at The Washington Post, Vanity Fair's uh, Twitter feed. And on and on and on and on and on and on. These are all journalists. These are not celebrities. And yet the media position here is, oh, don't confuse celebrities and journalists. The celebrities got it wrong, not the reporters, except these are the reporters who got it wrong. And the media's reaction to you is, shut up, bigot. That's exactly, this is pathetic. And this comes on week, two weeks after the uh, Covington Catholic High School story that they got wrong. The bias from the press here, y'all. Did you know that while the Jesse, Jesse Smollett situation was happening, that a kid in Chicago, during the same period of time, I bet you haven't heard about the story. A kid in Chicago, in the same city, mentally disabled teenager, was kidnapped, tied up for five hours, was scalped, and was beaten by four people on a live stream. A live stream video for the world to watch. As they scalped this teen and beat him, the four attackers screamed, F Donald Trump and white people. How much media coverage did that get? How, how much media coverage... Did it get us four youth scalped someone? Scalped, scalped with a, with a knife, scalped someone and beat that person, mentally disabled teen. How many reporters covered that? How many reporters covered that? And, and they're going to they're going to stand they're They're going to say it's not us. It's not us. Yeah, actually, at some point, the media does have to be held accountable, and they clearly don't want to hold themselves accountable. And, you know, I, I try to, to to bite my tongue when it comes to Brian Stetler because, to some degree, I think he does serve 
a legit purpose on CNN of being a voice to hold the media accountable. But increasingly, if it's not Fox News, even he does not want to hold the media accountable. If Fox News had done what these other media outlets had done, there would be this massive explosion. I mean, you hear it all the time. The media all the time is, oh, but Fox, but Fox, but Fox. This is the rest of them, though. And so they, they're circling the wagons. And that, honestly, I think is, is the problem is the media used to actually genuinely want to audit itself and say we got this wrong. They don't want to do that anymore. And they don't want to do it anymore because they think that if they do, it weakens them in, in light of Donald Trump's attacks on them as being the enemy of the people, which the president did again today, uh, accusing them of being the enemy of the people. And so they've just decided to behave like the enemy of the people, I guess, to prove the president right. Bill Weld wants to run for president. Now, you're probably wondering who the heck is Bill Weld, if you're even wondering heck. Well, Bill Weld is the former governor of Massachusetts. He was a Republican governor. Very, very liberal. Uh, he, I guess what, in 2016, he ran as the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. Now he wants back into the Republican Party. He wants to run against Donald Trump. Listen to this. Well, man, I tell you, Bill Weld, he's so bored, he even put our uh, soundboard to sleep. He he really is one of the most boring people on the planet. The libertarian vote last time when I was on a ticket with former Republican Governor Gary Johnson, our votes came three to one uh, out of Trump, not from Mrs. Clinton. And the Democrats howled that we cost them the election. But think about it. A libertarian vote is going to be a change vote or a protest vote. Those were not going to go to Mrs. Clinton last time. So why don't you run as an independent? I thought about the Libertarian Party again, but I I decided I really wanted uh, to go mano a mano with Mr. Trump. There are so many things he's doing that I think are undermining our democratic institutions. And I, I think he's leading the country in the most fundamental way in the wrong direction. And that clearest shot is in the Republican primary. How old is Bill Wells? Dude has got to be ancient. Yeah, he's 73. He's 73 years old, Bill Weld is, uh, and wants to run against Donald Trump, uh, who is 72 years old. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, the good thing about it is that the debates can end by 6 p.m., so they can be in bed by 7, and we can get lots of prices right and Wheel of Fortune references on the campaign trail, I guess. Uh, this is... Donald Trump is going to beat Bill Weld in Massachusetts. Uh, Bill Weld is not popular anymore. Most people don't even know who he is anymore. He's just, he's not a relevant popular candidate. Uh, I don't think that Donald Trump is going to face significant primary challenge within the Republican Party. It is his party now. And I think that he is providing, I mean, people like me uh, who, who have not particularly been fond of the guy saying, I'm going to support him. Look at what's going on. When we come back, an update on David Ralston and why the Democrats are so quiet in the state house. Eric Erickson here, the second hour of Atlanta's evening news. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, I want to give you guys a phone number because I want to make it easy for you. The David Ralston situation continues. Uh, members of the state House of Representatives being very, very quiet Uh, Randy Nix is the chairman of the ethics committee and his office tells me that they have gotten a lot of phone calls and they're keeping track of how many people are calling. And there are a lot of people calling who they're just, they're trying to demand that something be done. And all that's happening is there are records of them being kept. Uh, But a very funny thing happened on Friday. We were giving people 
the contact information to be able to call the state house representatives and i say we because it was me and the, the folks here with me and amazingly numbers started getting redirected to the speaker's office so you would call your state house represent state representative and find out you were actually calling the speaker's office ponder that weird isn't it how these state representatives were, were redirecting phone calls to the speaker. Some of them were wrong. In fact, so we use a system here, and that system allowing you to connect to your member of the state house, people were calling in, and it turns out that they were actually calling the wrong state representative. So I reached out to the company whose service we use, and they said they got the numbers from the state house database, but sure enough, the numbers were had been changed. So they had the information incorrect that had been given them, but some of the extensions had been changed, so they fixed that over the weekend. Now, the reason I tell you all of this is because what we're finding in this situation with David Ross, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I guess I should stop back here for a minute. Uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a really breathtaking report on Speaker David Ralston, that David Ralston has been using his position as Speaker to avoid ever taking cases to trial as a lawyer. And so there are situations in North Georgia where criminal defendants are hiring David Ralston to ensure that their case never comes up. One of them, one of the most tragic ones is five years ago, uh, there was a 14 year old girl. Her parents invited a traveling pastor, traveling evangelist to stay at their home. The evangelist was preaching at their family church. And while the parents slept, that evangelist raped their 14 year old daughter. And when charged with the crime, he hired David Ralston as his lawyer. David Ralston has had that case continued for five years. That girl, she's now 19 years old, and she can't get closure. Because if, she, if her memory fails her, then he's going to get away with it. And so she's got to hold on to the memories. She goes to therapy every week and she can't get closure on this. How would you feel if that was your daughter? And it's David Ralston doing this. He's ensuring that case will never go to trial. In another case, guy was uh, got a DUI and Ralston's held onto that case for 10 years, kept it out of court by filing continuances, saying, I'm the Speaker of the House. I got legislative business. I can't come to court. And they continue it. And it's not just them. There's another guy who has beaten several women. He's facing 20 years in jail. And he says, he goes on the record and says, he paid Ralston $20,000 and Ralston told him he would keep the case from going forward. And that's what he's done. And Democrats in the state house, don't, don't be smug Democrats. Your state party is refusing to do anything. In fact, the, the Democratic Party of Georgia is saying Ralston needs to do better, not that he needs to resign, not that he needs to have the law changed or support the law changed. They, they don't want to defy David Ralston. Even the Democrats in the state don't want to criticize David Ralston, and that to me suggests the man has too much power. And so it's up to the citizens of the state because there's the only power that elected officials fear more than David Ralston's is your power to throw them out of office. And the Republicans right now are completely freaked out about the suburbs in Atlanta. But it's not on me, it's on you. You've actually got to pick up the phone, you've actually got to call, you've actually got to get your state representative on record. And tomorrow, the legislature convenes in Atlanta. They've been able to avoid phone calls for four days. They'll be back in session tomorrow. And you can make your voice heard. All you have to do is text the word speaker to 345-345. And I'll text you back a phone number. And you can call that phone number and it'll connect you to your state representative. You'll hear my voice and say, I'm going to connect you. What's your zip code? And you put in your zip code and it'll say, I'm connecting you to your representative's office. So I, I've got some updates. Um, I, I have, let's see, one member of the state legislature. This is a Democrat. And I don't want to, I, I don't want her to get in trouble. Uh, and you're, you're saying, why not? Well, because she's trying to get members of the state legislature to do the right thing. And there's a there's a real powerful pressure play on her to keep silent 
and on other members of the state legislature to keep silent. And so she reached out to a constituent who forwarded me the information uh, from her state representative. And I'm just going to read you without reading the name of the, of the Democratic state representative. Thanks so much for reaching out and hope you're doing well. We're waiting on the Democratic Party leadership to decide what to do. As you can imagine, anything involving the speaker has to be handled very delicately given the amount of authority he has. But this is on our radar. You have a Democrat in this email admitting that the speaker has so much authority that even the Democrats in the state legislature have to be careful how they handle the situation. And one of the things that they did on Friday is they redirected phone calls from individual state representatives to the speaker's office so that individual state representatives weren't aware of, of the outrage. And yet it's still getting through. Randy Nix's office says they're keeping track. They're keeping a tally sheet. And that's typically what they do is they keep a tally sheet of how many called for or against or how many called on a particular issue. And unless you're willing to overwhelm their offices to demand David Ralston be fired as Speaker of the House, they're not going to do anything. They've got to hear from you. Now, listen, I, I was a political strategist and a political campaign manager, political consultant. I, I understand how this works. It's very difficult. But I also understand that they really are scared of you when you speak as one. And this isn't a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a right versus left issue. It's not a conservative issue or, or a liberal issue or a progressive issue. This is about a 19-year-old in North Georgia who really wants closure on having been raped, and David Ralston is making that impossible. It's about an older woman who was beaten up by her boyfriend who would really like to have closure, but she can't because of David Ralston. It's about other victims who would like closure on their cases too, but they can't have it either because of David Ralston. And the only way this gets addressed is the state legislature either changes the law or removes Ralston as speaker. They have options. I think they should remove him as speaker, but then I'm biased against him anyway. Uh, the Democrats are not being are not speaking up. The Republicans are not speaking up. And if you want the situation changed, you've got to speak up because they're not speaking up. They're, they're not speaking up because they're scared of David Ralston and they're not sure that there's enough popular outrage out there. So you have to fill up that outrage. You have to express the outrage. You have to take control of the situation. Ultimately, these people work for you. They have to do what you want. And if they don't, you have to boot them out of office. And for those of you who are Republicans, you need to understand the Democrats are doing nothing right now because they're scared of the speaker, too. But they'll make it a campaign issue next year. This will be a campaign issue. For all the, the Jan Joneses of the world, the speaker pro tem, who, who should be the speaker right now, who would be a, a visible improvement on the speaker, putting a woman in there, that, that's bound to help Republicans in the suburbs. Jan Jones, I know from multiple conversations, is concerned with uh, the Republicans in the suburbs. Well, uh, why then are the Republicans protecting a man who is ensuring that, that uh, accused rapists never have to go to trial? I mean, this is a question for them, but it's a question for you. Will you pick up the phone? Will you take action? Will you engage on this issue and force your state representatives to? All I can do is provide you the tools. You actually have to be the ones to do it. I can't do this for you. If you're as outraged by the situation as I am, and I, and I think you are because I hear from so many of you on this, you need to text the word speaker to 345-345 and make your voice heard at the state legislature. Just a quick time out to tell you about this week's sponsor, and it is my favorite toothbrush, Quip. And I don't just say that because they're the sponsor of this program. I've actually used Quip for two years or longer now. In fact, I'm getting my, um, so I'm having to do the Invisalign, the braces thing, and I really don't like it. But every time I go, my doctor asks if I'm using uh, teeth whitener, bleach on my teeth. And no, I got sensitive gums. I can't do it. Um, but the reason he keeps asking me is because of the progress from the Quip Electric Toothbrush. Uh, the lack of tartar and plaque buildup has been amazing. I can get to the very back of my mouth because it's so well designed. I really do like this toothbrush. My wife uses one now as well, and I highly recommend them. And the Quip starts at just $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. 
Go right now and you're going to get your first refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. A refill pack, yeah. You get your brush heads every three months for just five bucks. You get a new brush head. And that's your first refill pack for free if you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, getquip.com slash Eric. Let's get to the phones here. Uh, I want to go first to Greg in Snellville, who's been waiting patiently. Greg, welcome. Hey there, Eric. Um, this whole thing with the uh, Vox reporter yeah. and Caleb Howe from Media, I think the girl from Vox actually got it right. When you look at the litany of names that Caleb Howe put out there, all these different pseudo-journalists, I like to call them alleged journalists, um, and you take the fact that she said it was nothing but activists, that's what these people are all acting like, is activists. And they all think they're celebrities. You know, you got a fair point there, Greg. You got a very fair point there. They they have moved beyond reporting facts to, to perpetuating outrage. And I want to make one other quick point. Um, the journalists that complain about feeling like their lives are in danger, mm-hmm. you have to take into... Um, the fact that the the left is always the ones that are purporting violence. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are being lied to because the people on the right, we kind of realize what's going on. Yeah. Well, listen, I think that journalists fly into hysteria every time the president calls them the enemy of the people. He's primarily referencing the, the peddlers of fake news, but so much of the media is fake use what they're pushing they get so many things wrong and then double down on defense it's it's actually kind of appalling uh, dan you're up next welcome hey how are you good how are you very good my hat's off to you for keeping us informed with all the circus going on in washington but i just have two questions about the ralston issue if it's been that long can they not get somebody else after so many years? And then if he somebody did pay so much money to extend it for 10 years, can he not go to jail for that? Or he's claiming that's lawyer fees? Uh, it's legal for him to do uh, because he's the Speaker of the House. He can defer cases. And so people hire him to defer cases. And because the Constitution gives you the right to counsel of your choice and, or it gives you the right to counsel and people have chosen him as their counsel, there's really nothing they can do. It's it's a it's a perfectly legal thing that he's doing. You can say it's completely unethical, and I think it is, but it's perfectly legal for him to do. I've been urging people nationwide to call the members of the State House Ethics Committee and, and get their reaction to it because I don't think it's ethical for him to do this, even though it's perfectly legal. Just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. And yet it continues. On and on they go. When we come back, more of your phone calls, 404-872-0750. Welcome back. More phone calls here. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, we, we spoke to a lady who claims her ex had been uh, represented by David Ralston in a DUI matter that went on for some time and that it ultimately ended badly for him, though Ralston was able to keep his case from going to trial. Just amazing the number of stories we're hearing from people uh, similarly situated. And the AJC chronicles even more. We keep hearing from people, though, in, in similar situations. I talked to someone who had a civil dispute, and the other side dragged it out forever by hiring Ralston. And then, of course, you know, Ralston got a bar complaint filed against him by a, a client of his who hired Ralston in a car wreck situation, and Ralston dragged the case out an exceedingly long time the guy ultimately had to go to a different lawyer to have it resolved so it, it's all sorts of people do this uh back to the phones we go kim you're up next welcome hi thanks for taking my call um what i'm wondering is why hasn't this shown up on the national radar for national news i mean it's sitting right in cnn's backyard and why hasn't wsb 
as an affiliate of ABC, called the National Desk at ABC in New York and said, hey, we've got a great story down here. Right. Well, I, I don't know that they have it. And, and it was the AJC that, that really helped push this as well with WSB-TV. My suspicion, honestly, is that just like when a snowstorm hits New York and Washington, we get wall-to-wall coverage. If this had happened in Maryland, Virginia, D.C., New York, we would get massive coverage at a national level. But because it's Georgia, the national press really isn't interested in it, unless it's a campaign year. Uh, I, I bet you if Ralston is still speaker by the time we go into the 2020 election, this will get national wall-to-wall media coverage. Uh, I, I really bet it will uh, if Ralston's still speaker. The Democrats will, after they get through the session next year, they think they can pick off enough seats in the state house, they'll turn Ralston into the galvanizing issue. And, and they'll have deserved to. I'll defend them for doing it because it will have become a, a legit political issue for the Democrats that the Republicans failed to act. Of course, the Democrats failed to act as well. Daniel, you're up next. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. Hey, one thing I did Friday was call David Ralston's law office up in Blue Ridge and express to the lady I didn't appreciate him using his position to enable, you know, DUI offenders, child molesters, black beaters, drunk drivers. And I encourage everyone else to do so. And just type his business, make it difficult difficult for his office to conduct a law practice. Well, see, I I thought about giving out the the local business numbers of members of the state legislature, and, and to some degree, we may have to get there because some of them uh, go through great pains to avoid their their local business numbers. A lot of them, lawyers, bankers, and whatnot, they don't want to be called at their office and bothered on state business. But the problem I have with that, and I realize Democrats. If you're wondering what separates me from a Democrat and stuff like this, it's it's this. I I'm there are other clients and and I don't want to do them a disservice. There are other lawyers. I don't want to do them a disservice. Uh, this is about Ralston. It's not about his law partners. It's not about the clients of the other people there. In the same way, whether it's it's calling a state representative at his office in in Savannah or in Noonan or Lagrange, you can get a lot of these guys by the local chambers of commerce. Um. I just, I don't want to harass their businesses when it's not about their businesses. And and I realize Democrats would, and there are some people who say, hey, we need to be just like the Democrats. I don't think so. I think it winds up ultimately doing more harm than good. Uh, they're in the legislature right now. They're in Atlanta right now. They're there, so call them there and make it heard there. Uh, that's my preference in any event. Philip and Marietta, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. I guess it's Eric, it's, really it's not Mark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello. Hi there. Yeah. Um, it's really about just what an outrage. We have Martha Stewart that goes to prison, you know, and, and it's because she has some information. We have a guy. I, don't, I know the definition of a conflict of interest, and I just don't see how this is using your position for personal gain, and it's a government job. How does that work exactly? But thank you right. for taking my call. Yeah, sure, Philip. Listen, I mean, this is the situation is that it's it's known. It is known you can go to Ralston and pay him money and let him represent you, and he'll keep your case from ever going to trial. It's known. I mean, you have people in the AJC article bragging about it. It's just, it's unfortunate. Again, though, folks, it's, it's up to you guys to take action. I, I'm, I, I, I would love to sit here all night, every night, and hold these people accountable. I would love to do that, but everyone would turn off because I would be just a, a, a one-hit wonder, a, a one-note machine. There's so much other news out there to cover. But I do also think that there is a, a gross injustice that's happening here, and, and it has a lot to do with abuse of power. And that abuse of power resides in one man, and that one man has been an impediment to a host of conservative issues, and he's also uh, an impediment to justice being done. And it's one thing for me as a as a partisan conservative pundit to say, you know what, David Ralston needs to go because he's blocking this legislation that I like. But just as a human being, take partisanship out of it. You've got a rape victim who can't get closure because of David Ralston dragging the case out. You've got the victim of spousal abuse who can't get closure because David Ralston is dragging the case out. You have another guy who was drunk and crossed the center lane and hit someone head on and caused all sorts of injuries. And Ralston dragged the case out for so long that uh, you had law enforcement officials had retired 
and basically got off without much of anything. And this, this is all a pattern. And it's a pattern of injustice. And, you know, Scripture says that we should seek the welfare of the city in which we're in exile, and there we'll find our welfare. And I try to spend a lot of time here, even though I've got a national platform, I try to spend time focusing on Georgia and local politics because you're not going to hear it from Rush or Sean or, or anybody else out there because they're, they're not in Georgia. And we should highlight these issues. We should highlight this level of injustice. We should be able to call attention to it, and I should be willing as your host to be able to provide you tools when you're stuck in traffic, when you're stuck at your office, when, when you're at your house, to make it easy for you to be involved because there's such a high wall to be able to get you involved. There, there's such a high barrier to get people to be able to take action. It's difficult to sit down and find someone's address and write them a handwritten note. That's the most powerful thing to do, though, is to write them a handwritten note. But are you go, really going to take time to do that and then to find a stamp and then to go to the post office or walk it to your mailbox when well, you can just pick up the phone and I can help you do that? My role as your host should not just be to talk about injustice on the radio to talk about the news of the day on the radio, but should be where I can to be able to provide you the tools to become an armchair activist, if you will, where you can easily get involved in a situation and try to correct an injustice as best I can help you do it. And that's why I'm doing this. That's why we need this attention. That's why I've got to keep talking about this story because there's a real injustice. There are victims who can't have their day in court, who cannot face their abusers because of David Ralston. And it's the Republicans in the state legislature who are ensuring that this continues. So text the word speaker to 345-345 and you take action. Oh, there is other news in the Georgia legislature. Y'all are going to love this one. Uh, to get there, let me play off this David Brooks uh, bit. David Brooks, the New York Times columnist. Oh, hitting the wrong button here. David Brooks, New York Times columnist. Uh, he was on, uh, I think he was on PBS. Listen to this statement from David Brooks. Uh, it's somewhere to the left of Che Guevara, I guess. <laughs> you know, I, the, as, the, as Donald Trump makes it extremely hard to think about supporting somebody like that, I find the Democrats have done an outstanding job of making it hard for a lot of moderates to support anything. I, personally, the idea that uh, I could ever support a candidate who was for the Green New Deal, well, that will never happen. That could never happen. The Green New Deal concentrates power in the hands of the Washington elite in the way nothing has done since World War II. It would literally have Washington uh, planners taking over the energy business, taking over the transportation business so no planes are possible, take, are, are necessary, taking over health care. It really is a centralization of power in a way we haven't seen and doesn't exist in Scandinavia. Uh, it used to be Democrats wanted to shift the tax code, shift the regulations in order to steer the market in a, a more humane direction, and I get that. And that, being that kind of Democrat, you'd be for a carbon tax in order to address global warming. This is not that. This is simply the government taking control of large swaths of the American economy, something I don't think the government is capable of doing. Yep, that's David Brooks, a moderate, not a fan of Donald Trump, pointing out that he can't go where the Democrats are, that they've gone overboard. They're, they've gone nuts in a few months. They've gone super far left. Well, consider here in Georgia, Democrats in the state legislature, they, they're not calling for action on David Ralston. They, they don't want to do that. What they are calling for is gun-grabbing legislation. The Democrats in Georgia have introduced a host of legislation to roll back gun rights in the state of Georgia. They're convinced that's the ticket for 2020 to be able to take back the legislature. They want to roll back all the rights on guns that have been gained in the last number of years. They want to roll back campus carry. They want to roll back uh, other carry legislation. They want to add new background checks. They want to expand background checks. They want to drive up the costs of owning the guns. Just really, really uh, willing to go out there and make this a, a far-left cause in the Georgia legislature. They, they want to give pay raises to the part-time members of the legislature who won't even take action on David Ross. And they want to do that, and they want to take guns back. This is the Democrats. Wow. Don't forget, folks, text SPEAKER to 345-345. Take action. Only you can.